Hey everybody, good morning or whatever time of day it is for you. Hello, John Mark Comer here with the Bridgetown Daily for Monday, April 13th. Today is the day after Easter. And I don't know about you, but I can't think of an Easter weekend in my life or leadership that was more meaningful for me. A Good Friday, which is the day we get in touch with all of our emotional pain to move through our emotional pain to Easter Sunday, which is the day we get in touch with the hope we have in Jesus for the future. But over the weekend and over my Sabbath, I got thinking about a book I read years ago on Easter weekend. It's by A.J. Swoboda, who was a church planter and pastor here in Portland for about a decade and just moved away last year to take a professorship. He's also a dear friend. He's come to speak at our church before. You may or may not remember A.J., lovely guy. And he's a great writer as well. And he has this book called A Glorious Dark from 2015. And it's a look at Easter weekend and the three days of Good Friday, Saturday, or what in the tradition is called Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday, and how each day is symbolic for seasons of life in the follower of Jesus. So there are Good Friday kind of seasons that are marked by death and grief and loss, and a sense of abandonment, a sense of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Jesus' own language, God, where are you in my pain or my suffering? And it's a time for lament. If it were an agrarian metaphor, it's a season of winter where it's dark and cold and lonely and barren. But there are also Easter Sunday kind of seasons in life that are just pregnant with possibility and new life and rebirth. And if it's an agrarian kind of rhythm, it's spring and it's summer and it's joy and it's light and it's hope and it's I can't believe I'm alive, just pinch myself and there's abundance everywhere you look. But what got me the most about that book that I will never forget and I come back to every single year on Easter weekend was his section on Holy Saturday. Now, I'm an Anabaptist at heart and for the most part in theology, which means the church calendar does not play a key role in my apprenticeship to Jesus. But even my Anglican friends, I have a ton of Anglican friends, high church kind of people, would all agree that in the kind of Easter weekend, Holy Saturday is the day that very little is said about. A lot is said about Good Friday. In fact, it's very common, not just for Anglo-Catholic churches, but for all sorts of churches, to have a Good Friday gathering. And a lot is said in the four Gospels and in church history about the day of Jesus' death. And a lot is said about Easter, but very little is said about the day in between. Even in the four Gospels, little to nothing is said, depending on which account you read. Yesterday on our Sabbath, which was over Holy Saturday, I read to our kids and my family at the Sabbath dinner table the one-paragraph story of Holy Saturday in Luke's account, chapter 23. Let me just read it over you. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action, referring to, to crucify Jesus. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Notice that word, waiting. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock, 
one in which no one had yet been laid. It was the preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. So this was all still on Good Friday. Get the body down, wrap it up, put it in the tomb. Now here's all we read about Holy Saturday. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. But here, literally, it's not even a paragraph. It's one sentence. They rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. One line. They rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Can you imagine what it would have felt like to rest, to practice Sabbath on that day of all days for Mary or Martha, or Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Matthew, or Luke, or James, or John, or Peter, any one of Jesus' disciples, to rest and practice a day of serenity and delight in God on a day when you do not know what will happen. Will Jesus come back on the third day as he said he would? Was Jesus who he claimed to be? Will God answer our prayer or not? Will our hopes come to pass or be dashed against the rock? The answer to all of those questions was, I do not know. Holy Saturday is the day that we get in touch with that feeling of uncertainty in the human condition. And we make peace with the uncertainty of the future. We come to a a place of inner serenity over the fact that we don't know what will happen, over unanswered prayers, over questions that don't have a good answer to our mind as of yet, over a period of waiting to see what will happen, we make peace with that. And I can't really think of a better year for Holy Saturday than 2020. Now, we're all in our own season and our own felt experience of COVID-19 and the stay-at-home order. For many of you listening, it is a Good Friday kind of season of grief, of death, literal or metaphoric. You've lost your job or your business or your dreams for 2020, or God forbid, you've lost a loved one or your own life is under threat. For others, this is a little hard to, for people to admit, but it's, a, it's an Easter kind of season. There are all sorts of people who have not lost a job who are like really starting to experience kind of a sabbatical followed by a sense of dreaming and open possibility. The world is more mutable and open to influence right now than it's been in so many years. But I think almost all of us are in a Holy Saturday kind of moment. What will happen? We don't know. Will this last two or three months and then life kind of all get back to normal by the summer? Or will this last a year or two? We don't know. Will the economy come roaring back and my business do just fine and my job get on? Or will this turn into something, God forbid, very long and drawn out? We don't know. Will we come up with a cure or a vaccine or will it just kind of peter out in the heat? We don't know. Will the church come out of this more unified and stronger than ever before? Or will it have a devastating effect on the church? Well, I think the former, not the latter. But the true answer is, I don't know. 
three of the most important words that any of us can say right now are, I don't know. We Westerners, in particular, if you grew up in a middle-class kind of lifestyle, were really not used to living with uncertainty. People who grew up in poverty or people who grew up in a war or in a war zone are much more used to it. In fact, there's good case to be made. That's why our grandparents' generation, after living through World War II, were so relaxed. And why our generation, the millennial generation and Gen Z even more so, you can make a strong case, is the most anxious generation in American history. We've had more security than any other generation in American history. I think of that Macbeth line, security is mortal's chiefest enemy. So my generation in particular, Westerners in general, we're really not used to living with uncertainty. We're used to planning and how we structure out 2020 and 2021 and five-year plan. And all of that is up in the air at best right now, if not out the window. One of the few experiences that is more common in the West that stretches across the political divide, across the socioeconomic divide, and that is a great teacher of how to live with uncertainty is cancer. Most all of us know someone in our relational orbit who has come through cancer. And a number of my friends who have been through cancer or had family members who had been through cancer have all said something really interesting to me. They've all said how frustrating the kind of medical experience is for many of them in the medical system. But they've also said that the best doctors are not the ones who are the smartest and make the best or most accurate predictions of what will or will not happen. The best doctors are the one who say, here's a few different plausible scenarios, but the truth is we don't know, but I'm with you. We don't know, will you live two months or two years or two decades? I don't know. Will this all work out and everything come back together just fine by July? I don't know. Will our church start meeting together in gatherings in our new building by June or July? That's what some people think. Or not until the vaccine a year from now. That's what other people think. Truth is, I don't know. Some of the best and most freeing language that we can hear and that I think we need to say to each other right now is, I don't know, and that's okay. Christian mystics call this holy uncertainty. It's this capacity to live with a very loose grip, if any grip at all, on the future, on our plans, on any sense of security that we invest in our certainty over what we think will or will not happen. Christian mystics argue it's one of the main reasons that God takes his children, his sons and his daughters, through what St. John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul. And our entire nation, our entire world right now is in a kind of dark night of the soul. God, where are you in all of this? And one of the reasons the mystics argue that God does this is not in cruelty, but in love to strip us of our obsessive fear-based need for control. And certainty is an attempt at control. When people make a prediction about what will or will not happen, 
this summer or in 2020 or with the economy or with the disease or with the future of the church, most of the time that prediction, even if it is a very well-educated guess, it is just a guess and it's an attempt at control. When people say the world will never be the same, that in all honesty is not really helpful. We don't know if that's true. It may be true. It may not be true. Yes, the world was never the same after 9-11, but we fly, or up until this, we were on airplanes far more, not far less. We just don't know. That itself, to say things will never be the same, is yet another attempt at control. We think that if we can predict the future, we can control the future, and then we can feel safe and not afraid. But all of it is an illusion. Somebody out there is right. Some smart person, some pundit or politician or economist or doctor or pastor, somebody out there is right about how this will go down. Thing is, I don't know. I read a lot. I read a lot of different things. A lot of different smart people say a lot of different things. There's a lot of opinions out there, a lot of predictions and a lot of projections. But the truth is the three most liberating words for me right now are I don't know. And if you can embrace holy uncertainty, I don't know, that kind of sense of holy Saturday, and if you can make peace with it, if you can come to a place of Sabbath rest while you wait to see what will or will not happen, will the best come to pass or the worst? Will your prayers and your dreams come true or not at all? If you can make peace with that uncertainty, if you can come to quiet, If you can, in the language of the Psalms, wait patiently, or in the language of Lamentations, sit quietly before God and wait, there is an incredible opportunity for you to detach from your love of the world, your love of certainty, your love of money, your love of career, and attach all of that love onto God himself and just come to peace. That's what Holy Saturday is about. That's what this season of life is about. That's when I think one of the great things that God wants to do in our church, in our generation, I know in my own life, if if I could let God do this deep work of spiritual formation in me, if through this emotionally excruciating season at times, I could come to a place where I'm not only okay and at peace, but even even I have the capacity to delight in the goodness of my life before God right now. And there is goodness in the world too, not just pain and sorrow and death. There's both and as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. If I can come to that place now, That is something that I will carry with me in the inner architecture of my heart, in my soul, in the fabric of my being and who I have become in Jesus, not only for the rest of my life, but for all eternity. So brothers and sisters and family of God, may you embrace Holy Saturday. May you come to celebrate and say with a chuckle and a smile on your face and a healthy sigh in your body, I don't know, but that's okay. May you live in the moment. May you receive the good as gift. And may you accept the hard in the language of the serenity prayer as a pathway to peace. So I invite you right now just to take a deep breath, to come back to the moment, to ground yourself in the body, If you can, maybe just stop multitasking for a moment. Look out the window at another beautiful day in Portland or wherever you are. 
maybe just take stock of the fact that right now, if you're listening to this, you're okay. And even if your body is sick, and even if you're facing the threat, God forbid, of death, you're still okay because you're living in the kingdom of God with Jesus. As Dallas Willard used to say, the world is a perfectly safe place to be. And he meant that not in an illusion. He meant because no matter what happens to us, no one can take us out of the love of Christ. No one can take us out of the kingdom of God, not even death. We're okay. I, for one, have a roof over my head. I have food in my stomach. I'm okay. You're okay. Even in the pain and the Good Friday and the suffering and the where is God, yes, I don't discount any of that. We're okay. Just take a moment to practice gratitude, to thank God for the simplest things. Air in your lungs. Another day to live and breathe. Gift of life. And now I invite you, just in your mind's eye, to maybe envision all of your plans and dreams and desires for the next season, summer or fall for 2020, for 2021, for your job or your business or your career or your family or your church or your dream. Just to set all of that, imagine like if you were to have it in your hand and you were to kind of just hold it either with palm kind of up and open or just with a very light grip and you were just to kind of hand it over to God and just receive in its place his peace. And just right now, take a moment and just hand it over to God. Just let go. We make our plans. I have all sorts of plans for the year ahead. I have no idea if any of them will come to pass or not, and that's okay. We make our plans, and then we hand them to God, and we let go, and we embrace uncertainty, and we recognize that whatever happens or does not happen, we're not alone. God is with us. We're okay because we're living in the kingdom of God with Jesus. So to end, I pray over you the Anglican blessing. Now that I said that about my Anglican friends, they call it passing the peace. And the priest, the vicar would say this over the congregation. And let me just say this over you in love. May the peace of Christ always be with you.